Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 and 24 through 31. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. In our ever-progressive culture, (laughs) I think a lot of people view the Bible as anti-women. But they're quite wrong about that. You know, if you think about the view of women in the ancient world, it wasn't great. Women had no rights, you know. Even in our own world, women didn't have the right to vote until like 1919. It's pretty recent. But in the ancient world, you know, especially women, you know, were not considered fully equal to men. But there's these passages in scripture that really show as much as God could at any given time, he was communicating the full humanity of women. This declaration of a woman or a wife in, in August, or August in Proverbs 31, this woman is awesome. She's a small business owner. <laughs> You know, it says she makes linens, linen garments and sells them. She has strength. She has dignity. She watches over the affairs of her household. I mean, that to me speaks of authority. You know, she has authority over the household, which is pretty bold and different than what you think of in the ancient world. And throughout scripture, there's these snapshots of how God really views women as fully, fully, fully human. Here's Proverbs 31. There's John chapter 20, which is one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. It's the morning of the resurrection. And, you know, Jesus is kind of hiding in the garden, so to speak, his resurrected state. And Peter and John come to the tomb and he lets them come and go. And then he goes to Mary and he, you know, um, reveals himself to her. And the last thing he says is now go and tell the brothers what you've seen and heard. That's arguably the first full gospel message ever preached. He gave it to a woman. There's Romans chapter 16, where you have the reference to Junia, Uh, affirming her for founding a church. You know, here's a church planter, a woman um, in the first century. And all these examples of um, just how God views women as as able to have authority, able to have agency. Um, It's different than the ancient world. And so I I just want to say to the sort of progressive minded person now, Look again. If you think the Bible is anti-women, look again. Compare what the Bible says about women with the way most people in the ancient world viewed women. And I think you'll see that God views women as um, much higher than you first thought. Well, the reason they get away with this this observation that uh, women are disregarded in the Bible is they are group thinkers and they have political advantage of uh, saying that uh, something that's common to all of us uh, in terms of the history of the United States and blah, blah, blah. The, they, they 
forget that the Bible is just as difficult for men hmm. as it is for women. Hmm. In other words, a fallen yeah. man is fallen man. And uh, I don't know. I, I, Joseph was a pretty good guy, but he was really annoying to his brothers. Uh, you know, Samson, you know, had everything going for him. Uh, uh, but he was the one that, you know, fell into the arms of Delilah, you know, after having, you know, fooling around with way too many women. On and on it goes. Mm -hmm. David himself and Bathsheba. It's not a good, you know, these are amazing figures in the Bible, but they're not perfect at all, men and women. It's equal yeah. opportunity sinners. Let's face it. <laughs> So, you know, I, 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 anybody walking into a church um, should, you know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say this, I, and I don't think anybody does, but I don't, you know, if there's nothing but good people here, I don't belong here because I'm, I know I'm not one of them. In other words, let's be truthful to ourselves about our own propensity to desire to do something that offends God. You know, uh, you know, I mean, actually going into a church is going to the gift of forgiveness. Mm. That's at the heart of really what we're talking about. We're not better if we're going to church. We're forgiven. Mm. You know, what, what did you say about grace? Uh, yeah, the other grace day? by association. Grace by association. Man, that, 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 that's what I want. I want the, the, the free gift of God that, mm. uh, you know, I can enter into a relationship with them because I am not putting all these barriers filled with my own needs, my own self-centeredness, my natural self-centeredness as a fallen person. To the extent I can shuck any of that, I'm grateful to God. Mm -hmm. Same.